بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يذلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فعما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يسلح لكم عملكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان لصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders <clears throat> as i mentioned in my last khutbah which was called living in the revolution there are three things that we must change in our approach to life to leverage the benefits of technology and counter its ill effects and those three things are number 1 change the way we connect with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam the second one is change the way we teach whether it is secular education or religious education especially religious education we need to change the way we teach and third one is we need to change the way we relate with one another our personal relationships whether they are in the home family business outside society community neighbors and so on and so forth today inshallah we'll talk about the first of these so let us reflect on how we relate with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam today for most of us illa mashallah if it the ones who this does not apply to you all power to you may allah be with you always and strengthen you inshallah but for most muslims this relating with allah and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is ceremonial ritualistic restricted to special occasions like when we go to the masjid when we pray or when we are in some halaqa or the other some religious gathering other than that there is no relation we read the words of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we recite quran ceremonially at the beginning of some of our meetings which is not even sunnah but we do that we have quran recitation competitions we try to memorize the quran and learn to recite it in a melodious way we learn the rules of tajweed and criticize the tajweed of others who we think is incorrect i don't know whether it ever occurs to anybody who criticizes the tajweed of somebody else that maybe what is incorrect is your sense of hearing that is possible right even the words we use we don't tell the person this is how i heard you we say you recited this wrong la hawla wala quwwata illa billah eh arrogance arrogance i can't be wrong if somebody is wrong you are wrong that is why i tell people when you are reciting quran record it 
on your phone. You don't need anybody else. Record your own recitation. If you are leading salah, put a record the turn the phone on, recording, put it there. And after that, sit with the Musaf, sit with the Quran, open the chapter, whatever you recited, and listen to you reciting the recording and look at that and see what you did, whether it's right or wrong. But this is what we do. And then of course we write the Quran in different styles of calligraphy and we decorate it beautifully and we make it a fantastic work of art. In my country, in India, I don't know what they do in Pakistan, but in India, when a child is four years, four months, four days old. Now don't tell me where they got this 444 from, but whatever. That's the, uh, <laughs> the formula, right? We do a ceremony called Bismillah. Where we get the imam, the local imam to come and he recites the first five ayat of uh, Suratul Alaq. Iqra bismi rabbikalladhi khalaq. First five, first five ayat. And the child repeats after him and then they distribute sweets and so on and so on. Right? They call it Bismillah in Bangalore. They call it Amin. I don't know. Kya hota Pakistan? Kuch hota ki? I'm sure they do something with biryani. Everything has to end with biryani. This is huh? the, same thing. the same thing. Right. There you go. When we get, when we get married, the Quran is carried over the head. Over the bride especially, like an umbrella. Eh? Maybe to protect her from the husband. When you enter a house, you walk with the Quran on your head. I can go on, but I, you know, I, I this is enough, I think, right? To illustrate our relationship with the Kalam of Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. And think about this. This is the only way we have of getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life. Because we are not going to see Allah. But we have His kalam, His word. This is the speech of Allah. The Quran al-Karim is not a created thing. It is the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But how do we treat it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the tools to test and vet our relationship with Him. So we don't need to go anywhere else. Allah gave us the tools. Let's test ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Innama al-mu'minuna alladhina idha dhukira allahu wajilat qulubuhum. Wa idha tuliyat alayhim ayatuhu zadathum imana. Wa ala rabbihim yatawakkaloon. In Surah Al-Anfal, Allah said, The believers are those, the believers are only those, and this is not just a tool, it's also a qualifying statement. The believers are only those who, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, Zukir Allah, when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble with the awe and majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know how many of you are aware. Orthodox Jews do not even say the word God. Right? Among them, the, the actual name of God, like we say Allah, they say Hashem. They never take this name. They don't say God. They don't write G-O-D. They write G-D. So I asked one of my Orthodox rabbi friends. He said because out of respect. He said the name of God is not to be just taken like that. So we say the name of God only during worship. Otherwise we do not take the name of God. We say the creator, the sustainer, this, this. But we never actually take the name of God out of respect. This is what the Jews do. And for us, Wallahi I will see you tomorrow. Wallahi, my cat died. Huh? Inna lillahi wa inna 
That is why I said Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha, our mother, she said the first bid'ah of this ummah is when people started taking the name of Allah without the azmat of Allah in the heart. First bid'ah is when they started taking the name of Allah without the feeling in the heart. Nothing happens with the heart. Allah, Allah, Allah. And why is she saying that? Because Rasulullah she said he would be among us, he would be sitting, joking, playing, so on with the children, what not. As soon as the adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Rasulullah would become, she said, he would change like he was a stranger. He would look at us like he didn't never saw us before. Completely disconnected because he heard the sound, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib when he heard the adhan, he would go white. All the blood would drain from his face. Somebody asked him, what happened to you? Sir? you some disaster or something? He said, haven't you heard the adhan? Didn't you hear Allah Akbar? You asking me? Ask yourself. How come nothing is happening to you? Ritualistic. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and when the ayat of Allah are recited before these people, before the true believers, their iman increases. And the result of a responsive heart, which shivers with the glory and majesty and magnificence and awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the ayat of Allah increase their iman, what happens? وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And they have tawakkul on their Rabb. They have complete faith and trust. Their hearts are free from all stress. There is no depression. There is no anxiety. There is no fear of the makhluk. No fear of ghairullah. No fear of masiv Allah. Only Allah and only Allah. I remind myself and you to ask, what is really the purpose of the revelation of the Quran? Right? Is it to get stuck in how to pronounce it or to sing it, no matter what you call it, recitation is singing of a, of a kind. To write it in beautiful fonts and translate it into many languages, to create all forms of all kinds of ceremonial uses for it, which Rasulullah many of them or all of them, he never did. And of course to argue about it. That's a, our God-given right. Argue about the Quran. We argue about everything, also the Quran. Or is it one simple purpose to understand it and to live by it? Hmm? Ask yourself, what is the purpose? To practice it in our lives. Let us ask what Allah will question us about. Will he question us, question us about Tajweed? Or will he question us about Kitabat, writing, calligraphy and so on? Will he question us, question us about all kinds of rusumat, all kinds of traditions? Or will he question us about amal bil Quran? Aqwal bil Quran and amal bil Quran. To speak according to the Quran and to live according to the Quran. Which one? Now if anyone wants to take away from this that I am saying that tajweed is not important, I would say please go get a CT scan of the brain. Because who will say tajweed? Will anyone say it is okay to mispronounce, right? We are talking about what do you give primary importance to? My brothers and sisters, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came 
for us to get close to him. So let us get close to him. And the way to do that is to forget everything and focus on ourselves. To ask what is the Quran doing for us when we recite it or we listen to it. When the Imam is reciting the Quran, forget his tajweed. Ask yourself, the ayat he is reciting, I also know those ayats. What are those ayats doing to my heart? When the Imam is reciting the ayat which are prohibiting interest-based dealings, don't worry about whether he pronounced the kaf or the kaf, or whether he did the khalkala or the no khalkala. Think about my business, how is it that I am listening to this Imam? Maybe his reciting is wrong, but the kalam is the kalam. And in my business, I have interest-based dealings. What do I do with that? Right? So ask yourself, what happened to me when I heard the Quran? As I told you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this a conditional statement. Only those are the believers. Think about this. I'll give you an example to illustrate this further. Say, what, what do you say about a farmer who walks around and sees all the neighboring farms and he criticizes the other farmers. This guy is doing this thing wrong. That guy is doing that thing wrong. And meanwhile, he's not plowing his own fields. He's not sowing any seeds. He's not making any irrigation canals or anything in his own farm. Guess who's going to starve in the winter? Those, those neighbors with the slightly faulty farming techniques or this guy who did no farming at all? Which one? Focus on yourself. Let us focus on ourselves. Not even our children, ourselves. Why do I say that? Because only a lighted lamp can light other lamps. You cannot inspire the love of Allah in the hearts of your children when there is no love of Allah in your own heart. You cannot inspire khashyatullah in your children when there is no khashya in your own heart. Right? We can only give what we have. If a man is sick and he goes to the king and he's a personal friend of the king and he says to the king, give me some medicine for my headache, I've got a bad migraine. What will the king say? The king will say, I will fund it. I will send you to the best doctor. He said, no, 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 I came to you. Give me the medicine. The king will say, I'm the king. I have money, I have power, I have armies, I have everything, but I'm not a doctor. I don't have medicine. I don't know how to, how to prescribe and I cannot prescribe. Yes? You can only give what you have. If you have akhlaq, you will give akhlaq. If you have khashiyat, you will give khashiyat. If you have tawakkul, you will give tawakkul. So let's do an experiment. I'm going to recite some Quran for you. Don't worry about the recitation. It's still the kalam of Allah. Focus on yourself. See if anything happens to you in your heart. Right? If you want to shut your eyes and listen, shut your eyes and listen. Whichever way you want. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم 
له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يعوده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد لا يستبي أصحاب النار وأصحاب الجنة أصحاب الجنة هم الفائزون لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المعيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المسفر له الأسماء العسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله وعد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا نحد I'm not going to read the translation of these ayat for two reasons. One is because you know them. For those of you who don't know, I first read Ayat Al-Kursi, which is Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayat 255, that is 2, 255. After that, I read the last Ayat of Surah Al-Hashar, Surah 59, Ayat 21 to 24, or 20 to 24, and then the last one was Surah Al-Ikhlas, all of which you know, please read them. Now let me tell you why I am not reading the translation and assuming they know the meaning. Let me do that by asking you a question. What is the meaning of Muhammad? Praised, Praised one. What is the meaning of Muhammad? Hmm? Please understand my words. What is the meaning of Muhammad? Let me tell you what the meaning of Muhammad was, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, 
to Hubayb ibn Adi They captured him and they decided to kill him and there's a whole story behind that, I won't go into that. They took him in a huge procession led by Abu Sufyan bin Harb and Safwan bin Umayyah to the place that they had chosen for his execution. I'm talking about the meaning of Muhammad. Hold the, hold the word in, the, in your mind, meaning. Procession full of women, children, making a huge noise, screaming, yelling, calling him name, saying, kill him, kill him. When they reached the place, Khubeb ibn Adi, radiallahu he asked the leaders, he said, will you allow me to pray two rakat of salah? They said, go ahead. He prayed two rakat of salah and he recited short surahs. And when he said, when he finished, he said to them, by Allah, if you thought that I had asked to pray out of fear of death, or to delay my death. That's why he decided short surahs. He said that my prayer would be worthless. And then he said, do what you, what you want to do. So they started stabbing him and they started chopping pieces of his body off. And somebody shouted, they said, what is the meaning of Muhammad? Sallallahu alayhi wa They actually didn't say that exact statement. What they shouted was, how would you like it for Muhammad to be in your place and you could go free and be safe with your family? And Khubayb bin Adi said, with blood pouring out of his body, with pieces of his body chopped off, with his arm chopped off and so on, they dismembered him pieces. He said, by Allah, I would not want to be safe and secure with my family while even a thorn hurts Muhammad And then Khuwaib ibn Adi radiallahu he looked up at the heavens and he said, Ya Rab, he said, Oh Allah, send my salam to Rasulullah sallallahu Huh? Send my salam to Rasulullah That was the meaning of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Khubayb ibn Ali. Now let me ask you a question. What was my question to you? What is the meaning of Muhammad, right? Did I ask you to translate the Arabic word Muhammad into English? Did I say this? So how come we do not differentiate between meaning and translation? This is the problem of how we approach the Quran. Meaning is not translation. Meaning is what is in the heart. His name is Abdul Sattar. The slave of the one who covers faults. But if you ask me what does Abdul Sattar mean to me? And I tell you, Abdul Sattar means slave of the one who covers. What does he mean to you as your brother, as your friend? What Abdul Sattar means to me is that if there is ever a time when I need to give my life to save his life, 
I will consider my life to be well spent. That is the meaning of those sattar for me. Not translation. My brothers and sisters, there is a world of difference. The world of difference between meaning and translation. Meaning means value. Qadar. Meaning means value. Not translation of the word into some other language. But when we separated Tazkiyatul Nafs and Tarbiyatul Akhlaq from Ta'aleem, the noor of ilm left and only the words remained. We remained stuck in words and in our word games while our hearts remained dark with the zulmat, with the darkness of doubt and fear and hope and envy and greed and arrogance and ignorance and all forms and worst of all divisions and sectarian politics. Simply ask yourself, how is it that Muslims seem to have more conflicts with Muslims than with anyone else? Tragically, this is our history, not just today. And nations that don't learn from history are condemned to repeat it. أقول قول هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسأبي وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعده قال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يسلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. We saw here what we do with Allah, our relationship with Allah سبحانه وتعالى, which is the kalam of Allah, the Quran, the Kareem. Let us see. Let us see what we do with Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم and our relationship with him. Once again, same story, tradition. Rituals mostly ending in biryani. Inventions of acts of worship. No matter that he warned us about inventing acts of worship. Singing nasheed and natiya kalam, a lot of it with words of shirk. Hamare paas hai. Bharde jholi meri ya Muhammad. Shirk nahi hai. Hai ji? یہ رسول اللہ کی محبت ہے صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی یہ رسول اللہ کے خلاف بات کر رہا آپ I won't translate this because those who don't understand it don't need to understand it those who do understand it they know what it means already رسول اللہ believe me if you commit shirk in the name of رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم you will answer to him on the day of judgment raising رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم to a level that he specifically warned us against. Let's do a test. Let me ask you. You don't have to answer me. Ask, answer yourself. How many of us can name the children of Rasulullah hmm? How many of us can name? My Shia brothers are saying it's fantastic because as far as we are concerned, there's only one daughter, Fatima. Khalas. Huh? <laughs> Makes it easy for you. That's not the truth. Because he never said that. 
So if you create that, that's your invention. How many can name the children of Rasulullah All the people, Ashikha Rasul. Ask them, name the children of Rasulullah Name our mothers, the wives of Rasulullah Wasallam. How many of us have read, I'm not talking about study, just read one book of Sirah? How many of you are attending my class, which is, I think, every Wednesday? I love the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I do the class, whether anybody attends it or not, because I know one is attending on his arsh. That's the only one I care about. But don't ever come back and say that it wasn't done. And then say, ask this, and answer this question. How can you say that you love somebody you don't know? You don't know him, you don't know anything about him. Love for Rasulullah is expressed by obeying him and emulating him. Allah said, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Allah said, indeed in the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you have a good example, the best example to follow for the one who hopes in the meeting with Allah and the last day and remembers Allah a great deal. Entire life, not only rituals. A way of success that is guaranteed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua for the company of Rasulullah sallallahu in the akhirah. Yes or no? How many of you want the company of Rasulullah sallallahu in the akhirah? How many of you want to be in Jannatul Firdaus with Rasulullah sallallahu How many? Uh, silence means yes. If you are a woman when getting married, silence means yes. So I'll, since you are not women, but you know, we'll take it that. You want this, right? Very easy. Very easy. Allah told us how to do that and He promised it. So let's ask what stops us from ensuring that we are with Rasulullah in Jannah. What did Allah say? Allah said very simply, وَمَن يُتِي اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ عَنَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَّ نَبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَاسُنَا أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا Obey Allah and obey His Rasul. That's it. Whosoever obeys Allah and His Messenger وسلم, then they will be in the company of those on whom Allah bestowed His grace of the Prophet, the Siddiqun, the martyrs and the righteous and how excellent are these companions. Guarantee of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you and I will be in the presence and in the company of Nabi وسلم, provided we obey Him. Not selectively. Hmm? Not only say, well, you know, eating sweet is sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu But every morning I have my, 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 my date with the gillette. Shave the beard. When he specifically said, keep the beard. We make our own choices, my brothers and sisters. Believe me, I'm not running a hairdresser shop. I don't care. You shave, you want to shave, don't shave. The sunnah is the sunnah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala then told us, what to do if we really love Rasulullah He said, Qul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabiyuni 
يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم الله سبحانه وتعالى said those who really love Allah سبحانه وتعالى يا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم tell them to emulate me tell them to emulate you tell them to do what you do tell them to say speak how you speak and take it forward then what will happen then Allah will love you Allah will love you think about this what is the value of Allah loving me right think about this my brothers and sisters the time has come for us to make a choice let me tell you two true stories about a hundred years ago Muslims from the Middle East went to South America to Brazil to Argentina to Venezuela today of the original families almost all have lost Islam I've heard many stories of old men meeting brothers of Tabligh and with tears in their eyes showing them a ragged busalla some with a copy of the Musaf and lots of photos of their families children grandchildren great-grandchildren all Christian all non-muslim remember that not even one was forced to convert they did that because nobody taught them Islam generation after generation parents were too busy to worry about their children they thought that after all Arabic was their mother tongue the Quran was their inheritance Virasat Islam was in their blood and so nothing could happen to their children they were wrong very wrong contrast this with South Africa where Muslims from India went 300 years ago not a hundred years ago 300 years ago they lived through apartheid in small segregated enclaves today in Tarawi the first saf in many big masjid is reserved for Hufaz how did this happen it happened because of the maktab system two hours a day four days a week after school what about driving to and from the masjid what about soccer what about cricket what about tennis basketball gym everything that children do their rule was and is everything after the maktab most of them are business people so their children also work in their shops but most South Africans pray at least one salah in the masjid they have some magnificent madrasas but the backbone of their Islamic education is the maktab that is the guard, the fortress, which protected them for 300 years from the evil influences of society and preserved both Islam and their culture. Today you see South Africans in all kinds of highly complex and powerful professional positions, but you also see their confident adherence to the Sunnah of Rasulullah They look like Muslims, they practice Islam with total confidence, and they work for the good of society in many ways. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law of success is that success comes to anyone who makes intelligent effort consistently over time. Let us ask if we want to be successful or not. Then see if we are making intelligent effort consistently. Let us reflect and become aware of what the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing to us internally and in our lives. And show that we follow the sunnah of Rasulullah joyfully and confidently and make it our identity and signature. And focus on our life goal and work intelligently and consistently. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us to ask for the path. Siratul Mustaqim, the path of steadfastness. If you are process focused, focused on the path, then not only is the goal assured, but you will reach the goal in the right way. This is very important because in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
both the means and the goal, the path and the destination are equally important. If you focus on the goal, forgetting the path, then it is possible that you may achieve the goal in ways that are dishonorable, exploitative and even illegal. But if you focus on acting right, on being honorable, charitable, forgiving, humble and working with integrity as your inalienable, non-negotiable differentiator, then you will not only succeed spectacularly, but you will leave behind a legacy of honor. That is how Alphonse de la Martine, in his book, The History of Turkey, he said, if greatness of purpose, smallness of means, and astonishing results are the three criteria of a human genius, who would dare compare any great man in history with Muhammad? My brothers and sisters, <clears throat> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to do what he taught us to do, what he told us to do, to do what he sent his Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to teach us to do. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us <clears throat> in ways and through means that we cannot even see or imagine or understand. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu <clears throat> To enable us to do that which pleases him and save us from that which does not please him. Rabbana faqfirlana dhunubana wa kaffirlana sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'alabrar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfirlana wa tarhamna lana kundana minal khasirin. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanatan wa fi l-akhirati hasanatan wa kina azaban nar. Amin ya Rabbal alameen. Ya ibadallah, rahimakumullah. Inna Allah ya'amalu bil-adli wal-ihsan wa itaizi al-qurba wa inha'ani al-fahshay wal-munkar wal-baghi. يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر الله يعلم ما تصنعون